Welcome to Deep Tech 315. I'm Gene Munster along with Doug Clinton. And this is where we talk about the three most important topics in tech in 15 minutes or less. And the first topic is going to be Apple and the quarter. Second, we're going to talk about Apple and their initiatives related to artificial intelligence. And last, we're going to talk about a, a, a presidential order related to some regulation around AI models. And so we'll go back to the top. The biggest news in tech this week, of course, is Apple's earnings. It's so big that we have to split it into two. So we're going to first just talk about the the earnings itself and the guidance more specifically is that shares of Apple were down about 1% and the conference call until their CFO talked about the December outlook and gave guidance that it would be flat year over year, which was below analyst expectations that were looking for 5% growth. Uh, Luca CFO mentioned that this year we have 14, uh, 13 weeks in this December quarter compared to 13 last year. And if we had uh, equal number of weeks in this quarter, it essentially would be up 7%. So that would be higher than where the street is at. So bottom line is there's some, uh, I guess, some concern or some uh, lack of clarity in terms of how to really think about this guidance. And my sense is that uh, just look at it on a week-over-week basis, is that the ultimately is that the business is growing about 7% a year right now. And I think that that's a nice step up from the 1% decline that they just had in the September quarter. So I put this guidance in a category where it actually was okay. And I love your take, Doug. I think it says probably more about just the environment in general. I think there's a lot of concern in the investor community about anything that touches the consumer. And we've heard a lot of commentary from a lot of different companies about consumer weakness um, that's not necessarily something that seems to be playing out, given what you're talking about when you make that adjustment for the weeks year to mm -hmm. year. Um, but I think the headline, though, is that Apple got it down, right? And I think right. a lot of investors look at that. That's all they pay attention to. And they say, look, we know the consumer is starting to get hit with higher interest rates. We're seeing it at other companies. And it may just be people being jumpy around that. I, yeah, I think it is Yeah, jumpiness. And I think focusing on the wrong metric. Uh, the metric one is they guided down. That's the headline. Uh, metric two is the business is actually growing year over year. And so uh, they're really not seeing much of it in, uh, you know, not seeing much of a decline at all. It's, things are improving. But I hear you. Who knows when that uh, party ends with related to the consumer, but Apple seems to be uh, continuing to buck the trend. There's kind of a mix of other stuff in that quarter. In the quarter. Uh, I'll just point out a couple other a couple other important points. China uh, was down a couple percent year over year. Uh, that was it was up eight percent in the in the June quarter, and so we saw a slowdown there. But it was also down seven percent in the March quarter of 2023. And so it's kind of all over the board. Uh, Tim Cook said that they had gained share in the phone market in China, so I don't think Huawei is eating their lunch there. And lastly, the India opportunity, of course, came up. It's growing fast, but it's important to keep in mind that India the uh, uh, per capita GDP is one fifth that of uh, what uh, China is, uh, and kind of, kind of interestingly is that the U.S. is five times higher than China. To give you some perspective, it's about uh, five thousand uh, dollars per person in India, about seventy thousand in the U.S. And so, yes, India is a big opportunity, but you got to put in the context of I think of GDP per person. So, we're going to wrap there with the, the quarter and shift to some of the commentary related to AI and Apple. And 
it's been a little bit of a disappointment, I think, if we look in context to what Apple said about artificial intelligence over the last six, nine months relative to what other big tech have been saying. When the question came up on the earnings call, Cook was uh, related to question specifically was about generative AI, and Cook quickly redirected to discussing how AI is kind of influencing their products. And then he mentioned, and I'm going to read the quote here, he said that as far as in terms of generative AI, we obviously have work going on, and you can bet we are investing quite a bit, and we are going to invest responsibly. And so, Doug, let's take forget about Apple making their kind of inside their products better with AI. What about generative AI? What what form do you think it's going to take when Apple eventually does show something? The first thing that comes to mind is probably something around Siri. Um, you know, I think that's that was really one of their first, I think, forays where they were really aggressive with quote unquote AI. And Siri feels like, you know, just like Alexa and Google Assistant has kind of fallen by the wayside. And, you know, I remember five, six years ago, we all thought this was going to be this massive trend. Voice assistants really yeah. haven't played out. I think the generative AI and actually having some real intelligence behind these models versus just, you know, this sort of very basic language understanding that the original assistants were built on. That's something that could be compelling and, and new. Um, I hope that's kind of like the first big product, let's say. Um, I'm sure we'll see, you know, some generative stuff peek its way into things like email texting that makes the most logical uh, sense. So uh, for the viewers, Doug and I don't, we don't discuss the topics. We know which we're going to be talking about, but we don't go in depth. And so I had the same view it was related to, to Siri. And you talked about, you know, just making it more intelligent, kind of adding to email. Like what, what actual form do you envision it taking? Is it you ask Siri, hey, uh, Siri, book me a, a flight to Salt Lake City tomorrow? Is it uh, eventually gets there? Um, how else do you, like, what are some kind of tangible ways that you think Siri can really be powered by generative AI? Or what would be the output? It's a long path to get to booking a flight, although I think that is the ultimate outcome. And when we think about where the world is going kind of three, five years out, I think this idea of a personal AI that really understands you, that knows your credit card information, that knows your schedule, that knows your email and your text, which obviously Apple has all this information with all their services that you're tied to with them. I do think that's where we ultimately go, but I think there's a trust layer that needs to be established. You know, People probably aren't immediately tomorrow going to want to go and say to Siri, book me a flight to Salt Lake City. Who's going to want to be uh, sort of checks and balances on the way. And, you know, the AI might ask you, is this flight okay? Um, so I think that that is the ultimate destination, is a true personal assistant. But I think the baby steps to get there are probably much more simpler things like, can I help you compose an email? Or maybe you might say this to answer Gene's text, right? Something mm -hmm. like that. That's probably what we see before we get to that kind of holy grail of personal AI. And it's important to keep in mind, too, when we talk about Siri, we're not talking about like HomePod. I mean, that may be one part of it, but it's asking your phone to compose a, you know, get back to Doug uh, uh, via text on my calendar, something like that. You mentioned something personalized AI. You've written a lot about that. I think that uh, that is a holy grail for AI usage. And I think Apple's best position, just given kind of their position related to uh, security and privacy and uh would you agree with that? Do you think that uh, it doesn't matter? It's the Wild West when it comes to data. 
does Apple have a potential hand a leg up long term when it comes to generative AI and personalized AI? For personalized AI, I do think they might um, because, again, I think trust is such a key component to ultimately whoever wins that personal AI battle. Google is right there with them, you know, Amazon, all the big tech companies, essentially. Maybe you exclude Meta from that, given some of their issues of privacy in the past. Um, so I think all of big tech is probably right there neck and neck. The question really is who has probably the most powerful model and right now we don't really know what apple has you know we've mm -hmm. seen a lot of uh, work from google in particular we've seen microsoft partner with OpenAI. we know who they're working with amazon has a lot that they put out to market and so apple still is wildcard and i think that's why you, know, you bring up the idea that they finally talked about they they acknowledge the existence of ai because they've <laughs> sort of been avoiding right. talking about it even though that's they use step. it in products we all know that but I think they need to unveil a little bit more about what they're doing so that the world understands that they're uh, maybe not super far behind the rest of their. Yeah, they got to be doing that. I, I mean, the, yeah, I think that they're going to do that. And I would guess that that would be a positive relative to what investors are thinking today. So uh, we got you investors care. Like if they start talking more about generative AI, it doesn't feel like it has the same lift to the multiple maybe that it has for Microsoft or Google. It doesn't have the same lift, but I think if they started seeing what's going on in services growth, that was up 16%, accelerating from 8% last quarter. They, investors see that uh, people get these devices, they find more ways to make money from them. And I think if they started talking about personalized AI, I think that their the outlook of the services business would be more favorable. And I think that uh, that would be positive. Not the same as Microsoft. NVIDIA, but I think it, it directionally would be positive relative to where people's heads are at today. Oh, yeah, we're going to stand there. Services felt like the strongest part of the whole quarter. Yeah, that so was that makes sense. Uh, impressive. And best profitability, 45% uh, uh, gross margins. But well, we're going to go to the, the final topic, which is related to an executive order from the White House that is going to be kind of dictating how some of these models are, are, are going to be like... Um, I don't know, built or how consumers are going to work with these models. So can you bring everybody up to speed? I'm not as familiar with what's going on with this one. Yes, the White House issued an executive order about, uh, it's got a very long title, but it has to do basically with the uh, safety of development in artificial intelligence. And what it does is it invokes the Defense Production Act, which basically says that any company that's generating a model that is of national interest, so a security interest, public health, uh, health and safety interest, they sort of need to touch base with the government um, and go through a process where they're doing what's called red teaming the model, which is sort of making sure that the model doesn't do anything inappropriate that it's not supposed to do. And there'll be a red teaming process that uh, an agency in the government will kind of help establish and work with these companies. All these companies that are building generative AI models and sort of foundational models have already verbally agreed to a prior White House accord to sort of do all these things. So what the news is here and what's new is that it's actually tied now to a specific act, specific legislation. Um, and it's got a little bit more substance and teeth to it than sort of self-regulation we've seen so far in the AI community. 
Do you think what happened in social and kind of how that got away from the government, do you think that's impacted how they're approaching AI? Maybe a little. I think there's also, you know, the UK has had some uh, events around AI. They, I think they have uh, a summit that they're sort of doing this week as well. I feel like part of the timing of this may also have something to do with the U.S. wanting to feel like a leader and seem like a leader around the world in terms of trying to be first, to have some mm -hmm. real framework in place, which, again, to date, it's really been... I think having a lot of these companies sort of just be aware that the government's thinking about it. There's been a lot of activity on Capitol Hill bringing all the leaders in AI together and sort of talking about what policy should be. Uh, but this is really the first piece of action we've seen. And I think we'll probably hear a lot more about it in the presidential race in 2024. Yeah, definitely. I'm glad to hear it. I'm a small government kind of guy, but happy to hear that they're playing a role in this because I just think AI is going to be that potent that there should be some rails on it uh what's your take good idea here bad idea for ai i'm sort of mixed the um the idea that we should regulate ai i think makes a lot of sense i think there are kind of puts and takes um around that number one there's sort of this i think existential question which is really worth asking which is there's a race to get to uh, artificial general intelligence and what people may assume becomes super intelligence between the US, you know, the West and essentially China and maybe Russia to a lesser extent. Um, I think it's in the world's best interest that the West gets there before China. And obviously more regulation makes it harder to get further down the line in terms of AGI. Um, I think that's just a fact. That's the point of regulation. Mm -hmm. it, it should be to kind of slow and limit what you can do. So I think we have to be really careful about that and recognize that race. At the same time, obviously, I think we do want to have some sort of oversight, and it should ultimately come from the government. I don't think that self-regulation um, probably is enough to prevent the ultimate cat, uh, catastrophic outcome that could happen. So I do think we need policymakers to step in. But I do think there's an issue there, too, which is I think there's a severe knowledge gap, like understanding how these models work at any meaningful level is pretty technical. And I don't know if our policymakers really have enough knowledge there. They don't really know. have to rely on the experts that they're regulating to guide them and help right. them to figure out what to do. And so you kind of get into this catch. That is uh, crazy. Catch 22. Yeah, that that. I don't know what the right answer is. I think I this is that, a step. Yeah. I don't know if it's the right step. That red team, is that what you talked about, a red team? Red teaming, yeah. You're trying yeah, to red break team, the model, yeah. basically. Let's yeah. hope that the red, I, I'm, I'm going to be uh, rest well tonight knowing that the red teamers are not the politicians. So we got like people <laughs> yes. actually understand this stuff, be on the red team. Uh, thanks for enlightening us. Uh, thank you for taking 15 minutes and joining Doug and I. On behalf of Deep Tech 315, that's Doug, I'm Gene, and bye for now.